Welcome to the Bad Dad Horror Podcast with your hosts, John Couture and Sierra Couture. We all have daddy issues. Ours just comes with an extra helping of blood and gore. Welcome back to the Bad Dad Horror Podcast. I'm your host, John Kutcher. And I'm your co-host, Sierra Kutcher. Well, Sierra, it's been a minute, hot minute. School just, came to an end. Please. Summer started. You're playing outside more. We've realized we don't have a lot of time to record podcasts, yep. but we're going to get better at this, aren't we? Yep. How'd your school at your end? Was it good? Yep. It was. How's your summer going so far? Is it pretty good? Well, it's doing very good. We have we have an entire group outside, so it's very good so far. Yep, you guys are living the 1980s throwback summer, aren't you? You guys are outside playing with your BMX bikes, having fun, getting scrapes on the knees, all that good stuff. Yep. Coming home when the streetlights come on. Getting tackled by a five-year-old. Getting tackled by a five-year-old, you know, as it, as it often occurs. Well, Sierra, <laughs> you know, people might mistakenly assume that we haven't been doing anything in the last month or so, but we've been watching some movies, haven't we? Yeah. Well, today's very special episode of Bad Dad Horror Podcast, which I think we're up to episode number 10, maybe 11. I don't know. I think I've lost count at this point. This but is 11. This I is think. 11. I think, I think. It goes all the way up to 11, which is one better than 10. You're too young to get that reference, but some people in the audience will be chuckling a little bit at that. Um, this episode we're, we're recording is going to talk about the entire Scream franchise. This may seem like a lightning round as we're going to touch on all six movies in the 30 to 45 minute time frame that we have. And we're going to do our best to share our thoughts on each one. Um, the impetus for this is really the Scream franchise is sort of the, the, the shiny example that we were aiming for always. That, you know, Sierra wanted to watch the Scream franchise, but you can't watch the Scream franchise without having a basic knowledge of films such as Halloween, Friday the 13th, and some of the basic horror films that they draw upon and show homages to in this franchise. Sierra, first off, what were your thoughts overall on the Scream franchise, and do you think it was important for us to go through this process to learn about the older movies in order to watch the newer ones? Yes, because um, a lot of the new movies have a reference to Scream and and her franchise and like other movies that are old too. But yeah, I like the Scream franchise because I think it's um I think especially the newer movies are really good at um having characters that are like really involved and having more characters that somehow get involved in the story. So I like I like the Scream franchise. You basically like parts f- five and six with uh, Jenna Ortega and her crew, Marissa Barrio, and, and that type of thing, don't you? That's what you're excited because they about. have more story. Yes, they have more story. So you're saying the OG characters of uh, of um, Courtney Cox and David Arquette and um, Nev Campbell are just boring. No, I like all those. I like I like that. I like all those movies, but I like Jenna Ortega the best. Yes, so. you are a fan of Jenna Ortega, as are many of the younger generation. So we sh- that should be noted that she joined the franchise of Film 5. And spoiler alert, uh, as always, if you have not seen the Scream franchise, you probably shouldn't listen to this podcast, but she survives Film 5 and then lives on to Film 6. Uh, just generally over the top, let's just discuss a little bit about the Scream franchise. It originally came out, the first film came out in two, 1996. Uh, Scream 2 was in 1997, Scream 3 was in 2000, Scream 4 was 2011, an 11-year jump there. And then there was another 11-year jump for Scream, which is 
titled Scream, but it was really Scream 5. And then less than a year later, Scream 6 came out March 10th, 2023. And it should be noted that Sierra and I went and saw Scream 6 in theaters after the latest Halloween film. This is the second horror film that you saw in theaters. Um, And now I have a poster of it. You do have a poster, and if you're, if you, those of you that have keen ears in the background probably hear a little bit of the Blue Angels that are soaring through and practicing before their show today. Uh, we apologize for that. Maybe we can take it on post. Doubtful. Hello. Hello. Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. I am calling the police. They never make it in time. This is Gail Weathers with an exclusive. Authorities are baffled. Been warned by the killer. It all began with the scream over 911, like the plot of some scary movie. Hello, Sydney. Do you like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act, who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Never, ever say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. Get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Tell me somebody! You're not scared, are you? Um, well, let's start off first with the original Scream franchise. The first four films in the franchise were directed by Wes Craven, uh, the horror master himself. Uh, let's start with the first Scream film. Sarah, what did you think of the original Scream film, and did you enjoy the fact that it pulled upon so many of the films that came before it? The, the Scream film? Mm-hmm. The, the first f- one? The original one, yes. Right. Yeah. Um, I liked the Scream film because it had references and it... Um, because I kind of forgot his name. What was the name of the guy who died in Scream 3? The guy who died in Scream 3? Be more there specific. Are there are a lot of people but that died dude, in Scream 3. The dude who was on like videotape in Scream 4. Oh, Randy. Yes. Or died in Scream 2 and is in Scream 3. I don't Correct. remember where he was. Yes, yeah. Randy. Yes. Yes, Randy. 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 Yes. Um. He, he was funny in the first one. He was, absolutely. And he made all the references and all the rules and stuff. So I really like that. Yeah, absolutely. The original Scream film, for those of you that don't recall, um, was really an original film that kind of played upon uh, the whole horror cliche. There, you know, There's a lot of horror cliches and a lot of horror rules, as it were. And in, in this film, the uh, character Randy played by... Um, Jamie Kennedy was excellent, uh, Randy Meeks, who uh, basically laid out the rules for all the horror films. And in many ways, a lot of the rules for the Scream franchise, and yet the enjoyable thing is that they take those rules and they bend them and break them and turn them upside down. It was very very sad when he died. It was. Spoiler alert, he does perish. Unlike Richie. Richie was not sad. Richie was. Unlike Richie. Apparently, a spoiler alert, Richie also dies, and that was not sad. But yes, Randy dying in episode two, or the second film, was very sad. But then, of course, he did come back by a video testimonial in in movie three, which was one of the high points of movie three, which is one of my favorites of the franchise, if not the favorite of mine in the franchise was Scream 3, but we'll get there. So the original Scream film, Sierra, um, obviously there's a lot of um, 
callbacks to Halloween, the original Halloween film. Definitely. In fact, they even show the Halloween film on screen during the pivotal scene when uh, Randy is telling the rules of uh, surviving a horror film. Yeah, uh, yeah. And there's obviously a lot of Friday the 13th, a lot of slashers, a lot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's they a lot of homages. Also, yeah. They're also watching Halloween when mm-hmm. um, he is when someone is on the couch and they're like, look behind you. Yep. Look behind you. And then scream. And then Ghostface is behind him. That was funny. That, yeah. was, that was definitely funny. And again, it was a nice use of the twisting of the uh, events that occurred. You know, the center making fun of the Halloween food. Ah, just look behind you. Run out. And then, of course, they always do the wrong thing. Um, as something that the, the one of the, be- the one of the things that the original screen film was known for is the opening, and and that's something that's been parroted throughout all the screen films to a certain extent. Um, and that's something that w- that was really interesting is that Drew Barrymore, and you don't know this per se, Sierra, because you weren't born when Drew Barrymore. Uh, was a large star, but she was huge and a massive star at the time in the mid-90s. So she was cast and and, and on all the marking materials as one of the leads in the film, and no one knew much about the film. And here you are 10 minutes in, she's the first to kill, be killed, and you're like, oh, this is a Drew Barrymore movie. Oh, wait, it's not a Drew Barrymore movie. So it's kind of like a little bit of bait and switch and something that they've played with tongue-in-cheek through the rest of the franchise. Um, were you surprised at that? I mean, I know you didn't have a lot of going into it and knowing who Drew Barrymore was other than the girl from E.T., but were you surprised um, at that opening and her dying so quickly? Um, yeah, I, was, I, I definitely did not expect someone to die just like like that, yeah. like really fast. But, um, yeah, I had no idea who Drew, Drew Barrymore was, Fair so I just thought that it was someone who was supposed to die. Yes, and that should be something that should definitely be um, uh, said about this is there's a lot of cameos throughout the f- the franchise because there's a lot of movies within the movies with you know within the franchise they, there's a whole series of films called Stab based on the events that, of the yeah, screen. Yeah, I like I like that. So a part. lot of people, a lot of people that were in horror films and part of you know horror horror royalty were brought back to play those bit parts. Um, there's, I believe Sarah Michelle Gellar's in one part. There's a few other p- parts that are filled out by characters that, uh, the, that are definitely have played into the horror, the whole horror franchise, the franchise overall. Um, uh, but originally, let's go back to the original film. This one started all, um, were you surprised at all that there was two killers? I mean, that's not, certainly something that up until this point, there wasn't a lot of buddy killers in the horror genre. There were some, sure, but... Um, at least as far as your education goes, this is probably the first time you've had multiple killers. Is that, that was, right? yeah. Wait, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was the first time that yeah, I saw Sort of, yeah. I mean, yeah, Leatherface is the primary killer, but yes, the whole family was involved certainly in the killing, so sure. Yeah, but other than Texas Chainsaw Massacre, this is the first one that they were both directly both doing it at mm-hmm. like, the same time. Did you find that confusing at all, or did you were able to follow? Uh, I, well, I thought it was kind of confusing, but then I realized like there are some parts where Ghostface was doing stuff that right. one one of the killers was in the room, right? Yeah, or, the, like, it, not there. A fun thing to do is go back and watch the film again and see which of the characters Stu or Billy are are in the ghost mask face and who's doing the killing. And you know some of them are pretty obvious, others aren't. Uh, but is it very 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 interesting? Um, a lot of bait and switch in, in this film. Um, a lot of people were, you know, blaming uh, Cotton Weary, who was Liv Schreiber. That was a red herring. Um, you know, yeah. Sydney's father was a red herring. So a lot of red herrings throughout this film. So he really kept you guessing throughout. But when you get to the end, you really kind of like, okay, that was satisfying. And then, of course, like any horror film. At the beginning, I thought Billy. 
Yeah. And then Billy kind of stayed in my mind, but I didn't think Stu. They did They did so much to try to throw you off. I mean, they right at the bat, they said, Billy, the boyfriend, got to be killer. And, they, you know, they ended up being correct. But they did a lot to try to muddy that throughout the film. They tried to say, oh, no, 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 it can't be Billy. You know, Billy was in the room when he got attacked. It can't be Billy. So that's where the whole idea of two killers really uh, paid off, the fact that you could have Billy in a room with Ghostface. So you're like, oh, wait, Billy can't be Ghostface. He's right there. And, like, that's never, like, from what I've seen, that's never, like, you've never, like, tried to deter someone from what, like, have someone that you say it is at the beginning and then, mm-hmm. like, not be that is usually just, oh, Michael Myers, that's Michael Myers. Michael Myers is a killer. Right, definitely. Well, transitioning at the end of the screen one, a lot of the a lot of the uh, principals survive, including Dewey and Nev um, Campbell's character Sydney and uh, Courtney Cox's characters Gal Weathers. They they survive and they move on into the second film, Scream Two, which in this case Sydney has graduated high school and she's at college. Which again, this is you know in and of itself, uh, uh, Scream Two is a film that is very much a sequel but in, and also plays upon a lot of different cliches about horror films set in college. There's a lot of horror films set in sororities and fraternities and on colleges <laughs> as a whole. So we haven't spent a lot of time yet get deep delving into this whole sub- micro-genre Sierra, but um, Scream 2 certainly plays like one of those sorority slasher films. And there's a lot of... Uh, they play with a lot of those cliches and a lot of those I- in this film. Um, and definitely. So let's talk about Scream 2. And what rules you... about sequels. And, we're, and definitely rules about sequels. Uh, you know, Randy's still alive. He's able to hand off his rules. He's like, well, you're in a sequel. So that means these are the new rules that are applied. So so what do you think about Scream 2? Um, I really liked Scream 2. Um it had more Randy in it, so I like yeah, that. For sure. And um, I liked I liked pretty much everything about Scream Two. It was really cool. Right. And I just like liked how the stab movie was in it. And right, you open up now just to give you a little again spoiler alert. But if you haven't seen it by now, you really should. Uh, Scream Two starts out uh, with the premiere of Stab, which is the first movie in the movie within a movie franchise in Scream called Stab, based on the events of Woodsboro. Um, so you have basically the opening of the first film, Scream, parroted in the opening of the movie Stab with different actors and actresses. So it becomes a real meta movie within a movie situation, which as somebody who's a little older and can appreciate that type of uh, tongue-in-cheek humor, I, I found that fabulous. I loved that opening. I mean, you know, Jada Pinkett Smith and... Um, and um, to do her what boy. Was, uh, her, was Scream Two the one where that guy got stabbed in the ear in the bathroom? Yes, yes, absolutely. That was that um, was that was sad, man. Omar Epps. And that's this, who I was going for. Uh, yeah, that looks like it hurt. Phil got stabbed in the ear in the bathroom. That was disgusting. And then, then Ghostface comes and sit next to Jada Pinkett, and uh, basically chops her up, which you know was yeah at the time was you know the kind of jump starts the events of the film but also kind of sets as like oh well that's a good marketing ploy for the film so you know not only is scream itself becoming a hit phenomenon in the real world it's you know because of this killing at the premiere of stab within the world of scream the film franchise of stab attains a cult status and this this will also come in back into play later on in the franchise uh but overall did you enjoy the film scream 2 sierra um, definitely did. I feel like it had a lot of twists and stuff. It and did. a lot of things that you wouldn't expect. And I really like, I really like Scream 2. It was just good. It definitely. And it introduces the, uh, first of all, it introduces the second, uh, Timothy Oliphant is one of the killers. There's two killers again. And the second killer is Billy Loomis's mother, uh, which was, pl- who was played, uh, brilliantly by Laurie Metcalf. 
Um, and it's something that, you know, it, it's interesting because she plays a, a reporter in the film who's hounding Gail Weathers and nobody knows that she's Billy Loomis's mother until the very end when it was revealed because Sydney knows who Billy Loomis's her boyfriend's mother would be. So she knew who, uh, you know, Billy Loomis's mother, would, but nobody else seemed to know who there was Billy Loomis's mother as she was, you know, playing a, a reporter. So that was an interesting tongue in cheek and an interesting parallel. I thought Sierra, and you've seen the Friday the 13th film, so at least the first four, is that Scream 1 and 2 sort of take the the formula of, of Friday the 13th and reverse it. While in Friday the 13th, Jason's mother did the killing in the first film, then Jason does the killing in the second film. In Scream, Billy Loomis does the killing in the first film, and Billy Loomis's mother does the killing in the, the second, second film. film. So there's a nice parallel there. Um, did you did you enjoy that parallel? Did you enjoy uh, having the, the two killers again and one of them being a, a woman and the mom of the first character? Definitely. My like one of my favorite parts about the Scream franchise is having multiple killers so you could try and sort out. Definitely. Most of the time having multiple killers so you can try and sort out which ones are the killers. For sure. Well, February 4th, 2000 came the film Scream 3, which is my favorite of the franchise. And again, if you ask 10 films, 10 fans of the film Scream, who what are, they rank their films, you're going to get 10 different rankings. Everyone has favorites. Everyone hates different films. Scream 3 is my favorite. Again, directed by Wes Craven. This was fun for me, being somebody who's worked so long in the film industry. This is really a parody of filmmaking. It's set in Hollywood. It, they're on the they're on the um, they are filming stab three so scream three is filming stab three and they're filming a lot of the same characters so you got somebody who's playing Sydney you have somebody who's playing Gail you have somebody who's playing uh, deputy Dewey I mean you got all across the spectrum, the characters. So you have not only the characters themselves, but then you have other characters playing those characters, and those characters are well known. So it just becomes crazy. I mean, you got Parker Posey, Patrick Dempsey, Scott Foley. It's a huge cast. Jenny Jenny McCarthy's in it. <laughs> I mean, it's just a it's just a fabulous film. And and one of my favorite cameos was um, was Jay and Silent Bob actually show up in a cameo when uh, Gail Weathers comes out and uh, uh, Jay says something hilarious and and Gail Weathers flips in the bird, I believe. So I mean, that's a it's a movie time. Miramax was the the company behind this film, also the company behind Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which is a film in its own franchise by Kevin Smith. That kind of rolls out, and the the two characters, Jay and Silent Bob, actually end up in Hollywood. So they end up on a movie lot, running around, and one of the one of the places they're running around happens to be the the the, the stab three. So uh, very funny, very meta. Um, enjoyed it thoroughly. Sierra, how did you feel about this film? I liked Scream Three. I liked how I think there was one part in it where um, there was Randy on the videotape telling mm-hmm. them what to do still even though he yeah. wasn't with them that was amazing and i thought it just had a lot of a lot of depth into it and a lot of again twists and turns like the scream franchise just does and it was really fun yeah absolutely it was you know there's uh, introduces uh, scott foley's roman uh character who it turned out to be the half brother of sydney um, and this is actually the first time and only time in the franchise when there was only a single ghost face roman was the ghost face spoiler and the killer so there's only one killer in this film the first time and the only time in the franchise there's only one killer um and it's you know it 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 just it added so much you know backstory it all went back to uh sydney's mom uh maureen when she was an actress in hollywood so it kind of you know it all made sense and all pulled back and 
as a whole, the trilogy, one, two, and three, were fabulous. And, and, and really, if he could have ended it there, it would have been great. They could have rode off to the sunset and been wonderful. Did you, did you, is there anything you didn't like about Scream 3? Um, not, not that I can really remember, no. Sure. Okay. Well, it's certainly a film that uh, people love or hate. I love it. Some people hate it. But it's certainly a film that um, it, it goes above and beyond. It kind of centers the franchise. And it's no surprise that those three films were put out within four years, and then they took an 11-year hiatus and it's like okay well you know the first three screen films are perfect we don't want to mess the franchise but then the almighty dollar comes back and um they decide hey you know what let's make a scream four in in april 15 2011 scream four was released phenomenally well received did great it was directed by wes craven and is a film that you know kind of you know some people again either hate or love um but it's the anniversary, 16th, 15th anniversary of the Woodsboro murders. Um, again, they're set back in uh, Woodsboro. Sydney Prescott re- returns to help promote her self-help book. So we get so 11 years have passed, and you know, in, in, within the the franchise as well as in real time. So, you know, we're really starting to get these characters as a little older as adults, and and that's one of the th- things I liked about Scream Four is that you were able to reunite with these characters but at the same time you're at the point where they are vulnerable but yet wiser so all of a sudden the rules have changed yet again that these people were put through all these things a decade ago and yet they're still being harassed and they're still coming back to it with different things so uh what do you think of the film scream 4 i loved scream 4 i thought it was amazing i loved kirby Mm -hmm. i think kirby was in scream 4 uh, yeah, she was definitely in Scream Four. That's where her her it was um, Cindy's cousin Jill um, is 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 sort of the um, the target of the Scream fa- uh, the the ghost face in this film. Um, obviously, having Cindy come back to town was a big uh, thing to do it. So um, you know, De- 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 Dewey Wiley's now the sh- town sheriff. Um, you know, Judy Hicks, who's you know played phenomenally. Um, Excuse me. Uh, played phenomenally by uh, Marley Shelton. Uh, introduces her character. Um, you know, so it's just an interesting, uh, fun back in 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 uh, back in Woodsboro. Um, you know, they're again much similar to the first film. There's a party. Um, you know, they go to the stabath. You know, the 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 stabathon. They have a stabathon where they you know they there's a cult watching of the stab film. So you know, the ghost face is going to be there. Um, so, you know, there's just a lot of cool things. The technology plays a big thing. The, the biggest difference between um, the first original Scream, th- first three Scream films and Scream 4 is they've had advents of technology. People have cell phones now. People have video. And, I mean, that's brought up within Scream 4 that the killer is going to be online, making the making the kills, put, post them online, getting that type of uh, uh, fame. So that kind of brings in the whole... There's cameras being used mm-hmm. to Definitely. see and stuff. So. so a lot of that stuff wasn't available in the first three films. So now, you know, instead of, you know, instead of, like, cementing their franchise in a world where technology doesn't exist, they embrace the technology. They may say, hey, we're going to make these horror films and these characters embrace technology and use it, which is great because a lot of films don't do that. A lot of films take the opposite approach where the horror films tend to, like, oh, no, there's no cell phones in this film, you know, so... Uh, that, that was very exciting, I thought. Um, so what did, is there anything you didn't like about Scream 4? No, that one was probably one of my favorites because I loved that one. It was amazing. Yep. So, and this is fun because, again, there's also, um, we have uh, Ghostface's uh, two killers. 
Um, one of which is uh, Charlie, who we love Charlie, but um, uh, you know it's you, you know unfortunately you know he turns on Kirby and kills Kirby. We think, spoiler, uh, left for dead, and then her he and Jill, who is yes Sydney. Sydney's cousin actually ends up being one of the ghost face. So Sydney's cousin. So, you know, part three, you got uh, Sydney's brother, half brother as the ghost face. And in and, and Scream 4, Jill, Sydney's half sister, or Sydney's cousin is uh, ghost face. So there's a lot of familiar ties to ghost face. Um, That's one of the things I like about the Scream franchise is sure. that it's not the same killer every time. Right, it isn't. It's There's a, switched up every single movie. Right, they use the same persona, Ghostface or Jason yes. or Freddy, but instead of it being Jason Voorhees and one character, it's many people playing that character. And I agree with that. That's Because, I mean, that gives you resolution. I mean, it's kind of a cheat in a way, but you don't have a superhuman, immortal character that just survives over and over again like a lot of the early slasher films did. However, I don't think that's realistic in the world building that they're doing in the Scream franchise. So in lieu in lieu of you know having one killer that can survive everything, come back and back and back, they have different people take up the persona. Which again, anyone can be like any good Scooby Doo episode. Anyone can be behind the mask. Anyone can be one to the killing. As we've seen, there's no real rhyme or reason other than having connections to Billy Loomis, being Billy Loomis, or connections to Sydney Bristow between the who, exactly. Who Even are though the Ghostface always comes back, it's not the same killer coming back. It's always someone new because yep. it's not. Like, you can't survive that long. Like, you can, like, it's weird having horror characters that survive that sure. long. And it seems like the Scream franchise knew that, so they're not going to make any killer survive that long. Absolutely. It should also be noted that Scream 4 was filmed in Detroit. And actually, I was able to be uh, visit the set when they were filming in Detroit in 2011 or 2010, I believe, when they were filming. So it was kind of fun to see some of the characters, uh, some of the vehicles, and some of the sets. Uh, before they showed up on screen. Um, but again, it was a fun film. I thought it was great. Um, it really, the franchise could have ended right there. Sydney Bristol did not need to be involved in any other franchise. I mean, here's her cousin. She kills her cousin. If she would have rode off, if Sydney Bristol would have rode off in the sunset after this movie, they could have retired her character. I would have been happy. But of course, money is the purveyor, and that did not happen. And now we have. Now we have um, another jump of 11 years to January 14, 2022, when Scream, stylized, also known as Scream 5, is released. And this is kind of a transition film because you go from the three legacy characters, Sydney and Deputy Dewey and Gal Weathers, come back. But then you kind of transition and hand off to a younger set of characters where the franchise is going to go from here. Uh, affectionately referred to at least in the sixth film, as the core four. Um, yes, we yeah. love the core four. You love the core four, and obviously the the core the core four includes Melissa Barrera as Sam Carpenter. You got um, Jenna Ortega as Tara Carpenter. You've got Jasmine Savoy Brown as Mindy Meeks Martin. And Mindy then, is amazing. Yes, absolutely. And of course, you've got Mason Gooding as Chad Meeks Martin. And it should be noted um, that while we loved uh, Randy Meeks, he did make an appearance in Scream 3 as um, the video guy uh, on video. He says, Well, if you're reading this, if you're listening to this, then I must be dead. And you're in a trilogy and a pre. And so there's a whole set of new list of rules. But we were able to be introduced to um, Heather Matarazzo, who stars as Martha Meeks, which was Randy's sister, who brought the video 
to Sydney and the gang on the set, and who later on in the life in the intervening 20 years has given birth to twins, Mason and Jasmine, uh, well, Chad and Mindy, played by Jasmine and Mason, excuse me. And uh, so they are, you know, they are our connection to Randy, which I think is great. I love the fact that they bring the connection to Randy back and, you know, they have a memorial. Uh, the living room is a memorial to Randy Meeks and uh, it's just fabulous. And, uh, you know, so this is, it, this is, again, is a completely wholly different um, set. Uh, you're back in Woodsboro again. Um, you have a lot of previous characters that come back. Um, uh, it's just a, you know, it's, it's just a fun thing. Now, this is very different. This is 25 years after the original spree in Woodsboro. So, you know, there's a lot of angst inside the city, expecting things to happen. And of course things do happen. This is what's known as they coined the term requel. It's not really a remake or a sequel. You bring legacy characters back. So they're, they're playing upon a lot of the stuff that's going on in the horror fran the horror genre itself. And, uh, what do you think about the fifth films here? And what was your favorite part? I like the fifth film. My favorite part was at the end when um, one of the killers came back from somehow burning her face on the stove and is somehow still alive. Yes. And was running through, and then Jen and Jenna as Tara, mm-hmm. like just shoots her, and then somehow right. that makes her die. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, um, Richie and Amber are revealed to be the uh, ghost face in this one, and of course. Um, Richie Rich, sucks. Richie was played by Jack Quaid, who is again, you know, there always seems to be, whether it's Stu or you know the film student in part two, there's always somebody who's like latched on as the killer to somebody who has a greater means, and of course, uh, the person with the the, the greater means is um, Amber, who is played by uh, Mikey Madison, um, and she has a great desire to to kill, uh, but they're both kind of like a, I would say like a. Um, uh, uh, you know, they have a very much a, um, oh, what are the name of the characters from that movie? Um, anyways, a Bonnie and Clyde relationship. They are in love, but they're always wanting to kill and create, you know, so Jack and, and, and Amber and Richie want to create this whole fantasy, um, situation. But in, in actuality, it, you know, it's, it's kind of just devaluates. Um, not one of my favorite films, to be honest. Um, uh, primarily because they kill off, Rest in peace, Dewey. They they kill off Dewey Riley. David Arquette is no longer part of the franchise, and this is start. This is the start of where we're like, okay, well, this is a transition. They brought in a new core four, led by you know Melissa Barrera and Jenna Ortega, and they're you know it's kind of the handoff. This is the first like, okay, wow. So are they gonna like Star Wars? Are they gonna kill off all the legacy characters over the course of the films? And we thankfully that's not the case. Although you know, rest in peace, Dewey. We miss you gonna pour one out for you but um we missed you in this next one and then you got a problem here guy
the secret. There's a darkness inside of me. It followed me here. And it's gonna keep coming for us. We share a certain history. This isn't like any other ghost face. What is this place? A shrine. We've got to lure him in. We execute him. Hello. Let's play a game. You know you're like the tenth guy to try this, right? It never works out for the dipshit in the mask. Maybe. But there's never been one like me, Gail. <laughs> I'm something different. That's why I'm gonna shoot you in the head. You want me. So let's finish this. Guys? Final film in the franchise is the one that we went and saw in theaters. Scream uh, March 6. 10th, 2023. It is Scream 6. Now, this is a huge change to the franchise because the the setting of the film is moved over to New York City. Um, speaking, of, speaking of seeing Scream movies in the theaters, sure. I remember when you and Mom went to see Scream 5 in theaters. We did, yeah. It's funny. It is funny. It's before you got into horror films. I wanted and- to know if I could come. Yes, I like movie you're a little too young. You want to just go for movie theaters before you got into the horror franchise. But I mean, it was only a year before you got into the horror franchise. A year later, you're going with me to see Scream 6 <laughs> and not Mommy. So it's funny how things change. Um, well, the core four is back. Um, we, you know, Again, we, we thought for sure, at least I thought for sure, um, that, um, the, that Chad had died because he was you know, left for dead. Left for dead, but apparently Chad didn't die. So the twins are back. The Meeks twins are back. Uh, Chad never dies. Sam and Tara are back. Um, and, you know, so the, but they're all in New York. They're going to college. They're going to school. So it's, again, got that, that college feel. But it's also got a big city feel. Um, one of the best scenes, I thought, was the scene that's heavily advertised in the in the promo. And that's the scene where they're in the bodega, which, you know, Sierra had to learn what a bodega was. But where the ghost faces in this contained area with people, with live, real people that have no connection, are just like, oh, what's going on here? And then, I thought they were just in Kroger. They could have been just in Kroger, but they were in a bodega, which is important, like a neighborhood uh, uh, convenience store, it's, uh, primarily in b- big cities, definitely New York. Um, so this is this film was it was ambitious, um, and again, the the opening, as as is trademark with all the films in the Scream franchise, had a very unique opening. Uh, where it's kind of a bait and switch opening, where you're um, you, you're introduced to uh, two characters that don't stick around a lot, but you thought maybe um, <clears throat> that these person is um, uh, the the person the people that are um, were, that these people were going to be Ghostface, but then they end up getting killed by the real Ghostface. So you have a you have a situation where um, uh, Jason and Greg are. Um, 
you know, from our Jason Greger, you know, wannabe ghost face and they take their teacher, they ghost, they catfish their teacher out at a restaurant, then they kill her. Um, or at least one of them does. Um, Jason does. And then, and Greg gets all, you know, they, they make it out that Greg's all upset. When in reality, Greg was killed by the real ghost face killer. And then Jason ultimately receives his death. So at the beginning, you're just like, oh shit, things have changed. Excuse my French. Things have changed. And now the world is, uh, we, we have no, all the rules are thrown out the window. And I think that's, the case with scream six is all the rules definitely are thrown out the window um everything is taken up to the 10th degree um i i thought it was amazing um there is um the uniqueness of it what did you think of the movie sierra what's your favorite and worst part of it i loved it a lot um i feel like the best part of it is the switch like at the beginning it's like whoa we know who the killers are already but Mm -hmm. then we figure out oh wait nope that's not the killer I feel like that was a really cool part of it. And um, I really like that part. Uh, yeah. The worst part to me is probably that um, Dewey wasn't there. Yeah. Missing, I mean, after after poor Randy passed away, Dewey was really the emotional heart of the film. And him dying in five was literally, literally it was a gut so punch. Sad. It was sad. It was a gut punch. To he me. survived so much. He did. I mean, that was this kind of the joke. He's a pincushion. He's been killed. He's been, you know, he's been shot and stabbed and all different ways. And it's like, I guess it's time to finally cut up to him. But um, so it was sad to see that go. Um, although you know, there's a lot of things going on here. Uh, one of the things I enjoyed was the return of um, Kirby, who is now an FBI yes, agent. Yes, that's perfect. And who is on a task force to try to catch Ghostface. So that was kind of very interesting because we all thought Kirby was left for dead. Although there were some clues in part five that if you're an eagle eye viewer, you would see that Kirby actually survived her assault in on the computer. On the floor. Right? Yeah, it was on the computer. It was like a YouTube, you know little youtube thing on the side next up it was one was a Cur- you know survivor interview with kirby so that's when you really got the oh kirby and if you survived. didn't have an eagle eye you probably could have just looked up kirby scream five on youtube and gotten like six million results true and she did turn up in scream six uh she plays character and for a while she again like sydney like her everyone is you know the good one of the great things about these films is that they do a great job of you know deflecting who the real you know, ghost face is for a while. You think it's Kirby. Yeah. For a while you do think it's Kirby. And even up to the end to the, you know, right to the ultimate reveal, you really do think it's Kirby, but it is not Kirby. And this is a very interesting ghost face because the first time in the franchise, there's actually three ghost face. There's a trio. There's a father and uh, a ch- uh, children team. So you got, um, you got the father played by uh uh, Dermot Mulroney as Wayne Bailey. He's a detective and Quinn's father. Quinn, who is played by uh, Liana Liberato. She is a student at Blackburn University with the other, with, and she's also Sam and Tara's roommate, and she was left for dead, supposedly killed by Ghostface early in the movie. So again, there's a lot of bait and switch. Another character a ro- resurrected from the dead, as it were, to come back, and, um, <clears throat> and not something you expect to be uh, a ghost face and then of course uh we got the brother that is played by oh, I don't remember. mindy always thought that the brother was gonna be it she right. always thought that the brother was ghost face definitely and i can't find i don't remember i don't remember who played his, the brother um that's gonna bug me anyways the, there's a brother uh played for played by uh, so there's a brother and yes and that's definitely one um that it was very interesting that, but they are 
Richie's family and they want to avenge his death. And then some of you may remember Richie as being the killer from Scream what five. Was it? five, five, yeah. yeah, five, yeah, Richie, who is um, you know in love with um, Jill, not Jill, Amber, Amber, correct. Um, dating Sam, so it's a, it right. a mix up. Right, so they're the ones that are responsible for dating you know, Sam, and, yep, and, and all that stuff. So there's a big confrontation, um, and, and the, one of the cool things I enjoyed was that they, they built this whole shrine to the, to the ghost, face. ghost face. So you get, I mean, there, there's a huge reveal. I mean, again, Scream 6, there's been five movies, so you get all the props from the actual movies, but you get the, you know what would have been the actual killer's ma- you know costumes and weapons and all these things are in this huge like memorial theater type of situation. So it makes a great final cl- clash place as well as, you know, kind of a complete, you know, reset of the whole franchise. So the interesting thing is, is again, the core four survive. Gal Weathers, Courtney Cox survives. Sydney Bristow, this is now this, we should also bring up. This is the first film that Nev Campbell did not participate in. She is not in the film at all. She is mentioned in the film that she and uh, her husband, uh, Pat, you know, are out um, having kids and living a good life and don't want to be involved. But you know, so you know, they open, they keep that avenue open that she could return in future screen films. But at the same time, I think the core four do a good job of taking the reins and moving on. Um, ultimately, you know, I could Gail Weathers could have survived, didn't survive, wouldn't have made much of a difference to me. I, I think she's a character that's kind of used up her usefulness in the franchise. So if she were to pass on, you know, peace out. Um, what did you think of uh, not having Sydney Bristol in the, in this film? That was that was uh, that was sad. Um, Sydney was like a huge, a huge part of the film. Sure. She was like the first person that got like that was had a close connection to Ghostface, the right. first Ghostface. And that was that was she was like a big part of the film. She was always there. Right. She was the main character for such a long time, and she's just gone. But the core four are definitely. A very good replacement. But where do you think she she could have fit in the film? That that's one thing that I had was trouble was as I was, we were watching it, I tried <gasps> I tried to figure out where would you at, where would you actually be able to put her in the film? Because I mean, what if she became a news reporter and like because of Gail Weather, she was like she was being like she was worshiping Gail Weathers because Gail Weathers saved her that one time. So now she's going to become a new news reporter well possibly a little out of character for her i mean (laughs) well there's a lot of me that enjoys the fact that she's having her happily ever after with her husband and her kid uh you know there's part of me that's like how do you shoehorn her in and really the only way to shoehorn her in would be have her be ghostface at some point i mean that's really the only way to bring her back in the franchise and kill her off completely uh i don't know if that you know that well on one hand that would completely that actually kind of makes sense because she's gone like insane from all this time seeing ghostface and stuff so right I mean, there, there'd have to be a involved. lot of build-up to that to create it. But, you know, it's at the same time, it's like, what else can she do? I mean, she's done it all. And if you have any – if there's any more brought into it, it's almost like overkill. Like, what are you doing? Um, but so I, I thought the film was great. I thought it, it, it had the feel of a Scream film. It was taken up to a, the 20th degree with all the unique new uh, situations and killings and a lot more bloody, a lot more violence. Um, but, you know, so – I, I ask you, Sierra, where do we go from here? Where do you see the Scream franchise going from this point? Do you see the Core 4 returning, and where do you see the Scream 7? Um, I for I kind of think that maybe Sam will, like, turn and, 
like go past their breaking point and become Ghostface, but I feel like that'd be too obvious, and they don't right. like being obvious here. Yeah, and we should, say, we should so, point out that uh, Sam Carpenter, played by Melissa Barrera, is the illegitimate daughter of Billy Loomis. Um, so sees visions. So she does see visions. And at the end of the yeah. movie, she is carrying the Ghostface mask, and luckily she drops it, but right. it was like a hint that she maybe was thinking about being Ghostface. True, and you know the the introduction of Sam brings back the ability to uh, bring Skeet Ulrich's character, who Billy, who died obviously in the first film, into Scream Five and Scream Six. So he's actually been in as ma- you know as many films as Dewey at this point, and uh, which is kind of interesting as somebody who died. Uh, I enjoy that aspect. I agree with you. I, it, I, you know, it's something that's continue. It's it's it, the whole Sam issue with her psychosis and her predilection towards violence is something that certainly plays into it. It's going to be interesting to see where they go from there, if Sam and Tara are going to be able to, you know, f- you know, have that relationship restored, or if Sam is going to continually be haunted by her At the uh, very beginning of the father. film, before the therapist died, I thought the therapist was Ghostface. True. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, you know, I can certainly see that. At the same time, it's, like, hard to believe that, you know, someone as insignificant as the therapist would be Ghostface. But yeah. anything is possible these days, and there's a lot of bait and switch. Um, well, uh, that is our recap of the Scream franchise. Sorry we went a little long today, and uh, it's been a while, but we promise we get back in the swing of things. I'm going to chain Sear up at the chair, and we're going to do podcasts every weekish or so in the summer. So hopefully we'll get back caught up. we got a few in the can that we need to talk about, as well as some new films that we are coming down the pipeline that we definitely want to watch and uh, review for you all. Um, again, if you have any questions, you can reach us out at baddadhorror at gmail.com. You can visit us at baddadhorror.com. And, uh, Sierra, I ask this question at the end of every podcast. Am I a bad dad for letting you watch the Scream franchise? Um, no. Well, I'm always going to say no. Of course you are. You don't want me to stop letting you watch these films. Of course you're going to say no. Yeah. But I would say no. But, I mean, kind of towards the side of, like, I mean, not every dad would do this. True. I would say if you're a parent out there with children, preteens and teens, I would say the Scream franchise, while definitely very violent and certainly a horror film and horror franchise, um, big on blood and guts. However, very they, 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 they play it very chaste. There isn't a lot of nudity that you would see in the 70s slashers and 80s slashers. Um, in fact, there is basically, I don't believe, any nudity in the franchise whatsoever. Um, a lot of violence, just no nudity. So... Um, you know, the, the fact is, in the, in the first film, they play upon that a bit of a PG-13 relationship, which is, you know, sort of how Miramax started this franchise they wanted to go. They wanted to reach the tweens, as it were, teens and tweens, with a franchise that would be horror, but yet not too adult horror. So I think, well, many cases I certainly would be guilty of being a bad dad. This one I'm giving myself a pass. I don't think I'm a bad dad. And I think if you have kids who are interested in horror films, um, the Scream franchise is certainly a... One of the most, tamer films to watch. Most sure. teens already are pretty pretty violent, anyways. They already know about violence and stuff. So yeah. I would I would I would let my I would let I would let them watch this. Absolutely. Film. Well, you know, for the first time since we started the podcast, our sign out will actually be significant because we've actually seen the films now. Until then, we'll, we'll be, be back. back. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. I'm getting another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Oh!